0: Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. Philippians chapter 4 verse 12 and 13 says, says this. Philippians chapter 4 verse 12 and 13. I know how to get along with humble means. And I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret. Everybody say the secret. secret. Come on, there's more people than that. Everybody say the secret. secret. Okay, we're yelling. (laughs) It's like one side or the other. Of being filled and going hungry. Both having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me? I love this verse because Paul is sharing with us his experience as a believer and what it's been like. He's saying that there are times that I've had more than I needed, and there were times that I needed a little bit more. Come on, anybody ever been there? Anybody ever been where? Wow, this is really better than I thought. And uh, anybody said, "Well, whoa, 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 okay, uh, Lord." What you about to do here? Because we, well, that, that's not enough. <laughs> that was good, but we're going to have to go ahead and do a little bit more. You know, I, I love that Paul tells us that he found a secret. There, there is a secret that he found in life, and, and life is not always full of abundance, but it shouldn't always be full of lack. And there can be great moments found on either side of the spectrum. God provides strength for us. Paul said, I have found the secret. And the secret is that I can do all things because God will give me the strength to work through it, to move through it, to move through my mess, to move through my adversity. You know, let me just say this. Every day is not going to feel like your best. It's not. That doesn't mean that you can't make it your best, but that doesn't mean that it starts out every day. Come on, flat tires are real. And it's amazing. I've never had a flat tire when I didn't need to go anywhere and I had a whole bunch of extra time. It's always when I'm rushing somewhere or needing to go somewhere. How inconvenient. God, if you loved me, why would my tire stay flated? Why, what, <laughs> What, what is going on? You've done this to me. What have I done? Where is the secret sin in my life? All the streets with no nails. Ah! We make things so personal sometimes. You can do all things through Christ who strengthen you. God, Paul understood that God provides strength for me. And while there are times that you may miss a meal, you're not going to starve. Yeah. And th- that's a hard concept because especially in America, if it ain't all biggie size, God's left the building. Right. You know, God is a God of biggie size. And, and you know, it was, the large has changed. You know, our large, back in my day when I was growing up, used to be a medium. Now, y'all have taken it to a whole other level. You understand what I'm saying? And, and the truth is, I think sometimes we can get discouraged about what's going on in our life and it's important for us to understand church that every day we get to make a choice on how we're going to interpret the day in fact paul is showing us that when we seem like we're lacking or it's hard or it's messy the message is still apparent and there is a message in the heart. There's a message in the mess. The secret is God is present and God is working even though you may not feel it and you don't see it. Does it make sense? 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says this, Cast all of your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. As we grow and mature in our faith, we've got to realize what is keeping me anxious. What what anxieties are coming? They're going to come. The, The Bible doesn't say you're bad for having an anxiety. The Bible says that when it comes, where are you going to put it? Are you going to put it on your mate? Are you going to put it on your boss? Are you going to put it on your parents? Come on, are you going to put it on? Who are you going to put it on? Are you going to put it on your kids? Who are you going to put that anxiety on? Because when we all feel pressure, we give pressure. God says, I'll take that. I'll take that. The older I get, the more I hate messes. I hate it messy. I'm just, I, I don't like to be sticky. I don't like, I, I, and, I, and so we have four kids. and There was a very hard stage because every all of my kids wanted to be into something. And I just, I, stickiness bothers me. I, I'm just like, oh, you're having syrup. Great. And, 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 and my, it's like my kids always want to hug me after pancakes. And I'm like, hug your mom. <laughs> hug your mom. She loves you more. You know, uh <laughs> Now I'm going to tell you just because I hate I don't like messiness but but here's the, th- the weird thing is I don't like messiness, but I'm not all that organized I, i'm just i'm not I'm just going to be a little transparent with you i I am not the most organized person. I overbook everything I'm not the best scheduler. I always feel like I can do more than what is really possible. Does that make sense? And and so just just one insight into my life is I remember when Trevor was first born. uh, Katie's pregnant. Two weeks before uh, Trevor's born, we move into a new house. Two weeks after Trevor's born, uh, Katie hosts 35 college students at our house and fixes the meal. And I'm thinking this is normal, and she's thinking you're crazy. You know, and and so I, I have had a problem in my life of sometimes creating messes because I feel like I can do that. I know the GPS says five hours, but I'm sure we can make it in two and a half. I know that when we go to, from this event, we probably need like a downtime. We probably need an hour of traffic. And, but I'm sure we can plan like seven events in one day. We'll probably make them all. You know, I'm just that kind of person. But I, there's been many times that my wife has looked at me and said, stop it. Because sometimes we make messes. Come on, anybody ever made a mess? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise anybody else's hand. <laughs> you know, if we're not careful, we will create messes in our own life. Anyone here ever created their own mess? Come on, maybe overcommitment, maybe you overspent. Come on, you love Christmas, but you hate it, January. You know what I'm saying? You know, you you love December, but 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 and maybe you overspent and you're like, ah, I created this mess and now I have this bill due. Maybe you misspoke. Anybody ever said something they wish they hadn't said, and it created a mess? You know what I'm saying? It just kind of created this, th- this tension. You had this lifelong friend, and all of them, they're a little distant now. It just created this tension. Maybe you overreacted on something, and you hurt a relationship. Anybody ever just created a mess? Or, or maybe you tried to avoid a problem, and you knew this was a problem area. Maybe something that you needed to address but you thought, well, it'll just all fix itself, come on, and it never did, and it created an even more mess, and I should have dealt with it like five years ago, or two years ago, or we should have set that boundary up a long time ago, but we didn't, and so now it's a mess. You know, anybody ever uh, been in a mess that they created? There have been dark moments even in Katie and I in our our life, Katie, and in my life, there have been dark moments where all we could see was the mess. You know, struggle to, to grow into purity was, was, was a struggle for our own marriage, and it, 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 it made it difficult. It made it difficult, and I, and I had to make sure that I was growing because if not, if we don't grow and we allow compromise to come in, what will happen is things don't get better. Mm-hmm. Things get worse. Yeah. You know, I, growing up, I, I, I always loved to talk. I was always the one in school. Come on, that, that got in trouble for talking. You probably didn't know that. <laughs> uh, but I didn't always love to listen. I didn't always love to listen. And because of my background, I was highly insecure. Come on, adopted from a foster home. Parents got divorced. Dad left. I felt like most of the men in my le- my my life left. I went to one church. I loved the pastor. I mean, I was over at his house, and then all of a sudden, one day he says, "We're we're closing the church down." I mean, I, just, I mean, I just all of these experiences in my background, and you know what, caused me to work really hard. But but I had a lot of insecurity, and so I worked hard in the ministry. But I was suspicious of people. And, and so, and so, what happened was, is I was scared that people wouldn't recognize my contribution, contribution, and they would undervalue my my effort. And so, what would happen is, I wouldn't make. A lot of deep friends because I knew that they were leaving. I knew that they were going to hurt me. I knew that. I I, I know. Come on. Everybody understand? And before you know it, you begin to uh, uh, create this mess in your life. And you wake up one day, as Katie and I did. I remember being 30 and going, you know what? We need some friends. Like, we are terrible at friends. Like, we love a lot of people, but... We just don't do well, and, and, and we were in this vacuum, and I think a lot of times in life, if you're not careful, we will begin to blame a lot of other people for the messes in our life, but our life was given to us so that we would lead it, come on, and we would navigate it, and there is a message in your mess. There's a message in your mess. Come on, the mess of family. You know, Katie and I have had moments, on, even on my side of the family, I remember when I was about to get married. Come on, your marriage is the greatest time in a young couple's life. I remember inviting my dad to the wedding, and he, 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 he uh, I, I called him, and called him, I called him. Finally, he called me back, and I was like, hey, I'm going to get married. I want you to come. I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. Was tough. I'm like... You know, and, it, and for me it was hard because I was already in ministry. People loved us. People loved our family. Everybody wanted to come except for my dad. And I'm like, "I'm really a great guy. You you should come to my wedding." "I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I don't I don't I don't think I'm going to be able to do that." It was tough. Had to work through the mess. And, and you know, and, it, and, and you, know, you forgive someone until they do something again. And then all of a sudden, you remember why you hate. I mean, you, you, know, you, 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 you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I had to, it unearthed all of these emotions that I had thought, I'm done with that. And I had to fight to forgive because I'm like, <laughs> you know, you know how you get well if you aren't gonna you, know, you know what I'm saying, you get the swag, get the get the talking to yourself. You know and, and 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 I thought that there are some messes that we do, but there are some messes that other people do to us. And now I'm, I'm I'm trying to make it heavy, and some of you are like, Wow, that's too late. You got issues, bro. <laughs> uh you know, and God has cleaned up I think God has cleaned up and transformed a lot of the messiness in in katie and i and and i think as we begin and we're talking in this series about gaining momentum if we deny the fact that people are in messes and we kind of skip over that and talk about all the great moments then i think that when people get into a mess they don't know how the church relates to where they're at does that make sense and so i want to talk a little bit about this because here's the main thing I want you to see is the mess can stop your momentum if you let it. Yeah. The mess can stop your momentum if you let it. That's the one thing I've learned in 42 years is that you can't stop stuff from happening, but you can change your response to it. My assignment today is there is a message in your mess. Many think that the, the social media view Is how life really is, where everyone's life is a fabulous portrait of another great event, but the reality is. We all have messiness in our life and God wants to come in and reach down and begin to change and cleanse and heal the messiness that we have. And that's why he sent Jesus so that our life would be saved and the Holy Spirit so that we would be empowered. Come on somebody. And God does a great job at turning messes into ministry. Don't ever think that I'm too messed up i'm too jacked up i got too many issues i try too hard but i can't what i'm telling you is god loves to turn your mess into your ministry exodus chapter 2 verse 11 and we're going to read 11 through 25 we're going to move to this next passage of moses's life and there's a couple things that i want you to see here Let's read this. Now it came to pass in those days, Exodus 2, 11, And Moses was grown. So last Sunday we talked about, and if you didn't get that, go back and, and listen to that because it'll set the it'll set us up for what we're talking about now. But Moses is grown. Remember that. And he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew and one one of his brethren and he looked this way and that way and when he saw no one he killed the egyptian and hid him in the sand can can i can, can i just pause real quick this is this is a i'm gonna give you a freebie you know there was a song that came out in the 80s i always feel like somebody's watching me remember that song google it Don't ever think that someone is not watching. Don't ever think, don't ever think can I get away with this one? Come on men. Don't ever your your office isn't an island. Your car isn't an island. Your phone isn't an island. There are things, and you need to realize that there are always people watching, and you may think, I can just get away. Come on. Come on, wives. I can just get away with getting on Facebook and entertaining an old boyfriend. I can just kind of get away. But what you need to see is there's always eyes. Yeah. Okay. There's always eyes. Um. He killed him and he hit him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to them, and he said to one who did the wrong, why are you striking your companion? Come on, Moses gets indignant. Hey, don't fight. Then he said, who made you the prince and judge over us? Do you intend to kill me like you did the Egyptian? (laughs) <laughs> it's like one of those moments. It's like the smack gets dropped down. The mic gets dropped. Who do you think you are? Boom. It was so funny. Uh, I was in a uh, sixth grade basketball game. I was not in it, but I was watching it. And uh, that's funny in and of itself. But there was this one kid that was dribbling, and, and he 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 doesn't get a lot of playing time. And people are kind of like, why don't you? Have you ever been on a team where you're like, don't give the ball to... And so, and so he had the ball and he was dribbling down and he goes up for this crazy shot and the whole bench is like, don't shoot it! And he makes it and looks at the bench and goes... <laughs> and I laughed. So I stood up. I was like, yes! Yes! That is what I'm preaching about. yep. <laughs> It was awesome, because sometimes you think our messes, our life, what happens to us, tends to devalue who we are, and if we're not careful we'll stop we'll start thinking about ourselves as a victim and not a victor. See here's the thing is. Moses had something in him, and we're going to see that maybe he started out not the best way. Maybe this is not the way you want to start. Let's go on. So Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known, you think? (laughs) Then Pharaoh heard of this matter and sought to kill Moses. I was getting heavy. And Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by the well. Now, the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water, and they filled the trouts of water with their father's flock, and the shepherd came and drove them away. But Moses stood up, helped them, and watered their flock. And when he came to rule the father, he said, how is it that you have come so soon today? And they said, an Egyptian delivered us from the hands of the shepherd and he also drew enough water for us to water the flock. And so he said to the daughters, "Where is he? Go go and bring him in. Come on, we got seven of y'all. We need to Hey, let's get busy. Let's get busy. Listen, why is it that you have left this man? Call him that he may eat bread." And then Moses was content to live with the man. And he gave Zipporah, his daughter, to Moses. And she bore him a son, called his name Gershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. And now it happened in the process of time, the king of Egypt died. The children of Israel groaned because of their bondage. They cried out, and their cry came up to God because of their bondage. So God, hearing the groaning, And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God acknowledged them. There are a couple thoughts that I want to give you as we are talking about how to gain momentum. A couple thoughts that I want us to see. It's interesting that Moses shows us that we're all carrying something. We're all carrying something. You, you, you may not acknowledge it, but, but the reality is we all carry something. Can I ask you a question? Can you still receive help from someone with a messy past? I know people want to amen this. Yeah, don't judge me because of what I've done. And I, and I would say that you, that you're right. But somehow... When we say the word judgment, it's always in a negative connotation. When the reality is, God does not want us to condemn people where their action puts them in a place where there is no hope of restoration. But God does not want us to check our brain at the door, come on, and never make an assessment. My, I'm making assessments all the time of who my kids can hang out with and who they (gasps) can't. Well, you don't let them pick that? No. (laughs) I don't. Not yet. Well, I just, I just believe that, that we should just, you know, all I'm saying is I'm making judgments all the time. But I'm not condemning people. I'm not saying that God can't intervene in the life. Does that make sense? But the truth of the matter is we're making judgment and judgment calls all the time, assessing things, distance, finances. Should I buy this? Should I not buy that? Is this a guy that I want to work with and, and buy this? Is, this, is, what is his? We're making judgments all the time. Well, We get so upset about people judging us, but the reality is this is that there are some assessments made about Moses that I think are going to help us clear up some of our messiness, even in our own life. You know, Jesus' concept of judgment was we don't condemn people, but he still expects us to make an educational, educated decision. You understand what I'm saying? He still expects, expects us to use our brain. Here, Moses steps up, and the woman judges what He's doing. That judgment isn't condemnation. But she makes an observation by what she sees. And notice that Moses is described by these women to their father. Notice how Moses is described. Now, we're going to go back and we're going to look at this. How is Moses described? Do you see what they say? And do you see what they don't say? You know, sometimes what people say can really lock you in, but sometimes what people don't say will also lock you in. You you can learn a lot by what people don't say. They called Moses an Egyptian. They go to their father and they say, this Egyptian saved us. Okay, what? I don't know if you've ever looked at that before, but, but, but it's amazing that... Here we see, I believe that Moses was born to be the one that God had called to be a deliverer of the children of Israel. However, he grew up in Pharaoh's house. Hear what I'm saying? So all he knew about power was human power and human might. You hear what I'm saying? Moses is about to get an education about how to change. I'm not going to erase your past because experience is needed to get where you need to go. Does this make sense? But you see, when Moses noticed the injustice, he acted. Well, who did he act like? He acted... Well, he was just wrong. I understand, but what house did he grow up in? How many times did Pharaoh spare a life? He grew up in a home where Pharaoh threw boys into the river. He grew up where killing was a part of the agenda. If you get in my way, I'm going to take you out. Now, you can be with me or you can be gone. You know what I'm saying? But this is Godfather stuff. This is Mafia. We're taking it to the next level. You know what I'm saying? This is the Egyptian Mafia stuff right here. This is where he grew up. And so the reality is he had a calling of God on his life, but he still thought like an Egyptian. And obviously, for those watching the lead, listening to the Podcast. We have nothing against Egyptian people. Uh, <laughs> we're just talking about the context of scripture. Listen, you see, Moses, mess. Moses was in a mess because Moses was called by God, but thought like Egypt. Oh church, the reason that we are fasting is because we we don't want to be described as Egyptians. I don't want to be described as an Egyptian. There are certain things that Katie and I do and don't do because I don't want to be an Egyptian. And it doesn't, listen, listen. I'm going to list some things. Do not get yourself all up in a heavy. (laughs) Hissy fit, mad, sending me emails. All I'm telling you is for us, on the calling of God on our life, there are things that we do and there's things that we don't do and we want to make sure that we are not described like egyptians does that make sense so for us we manage our kids intake who are they talking to what are they doing how are they people will say well you're pretty controlling listen i give as they can be responsible but i don't give them full ride i don't do that okay as they can manage listen i don't ever give my kid a hundred dollar bill unless they can take care of a dollar that's just the reality. There are things that we do. There are movies that we don't watch. There, there are things that we don't, we don't do. Well, that's all under the law. It, it, don't even give me that. God sent Jesus to save us, and it was not on a condition on what you watch and what you don't watch. That is so superficial. But here's what I know. When I begin to watch certain things, my attitude begins to change. I start getting frustrated and mad and self. I, whatever I feed on, come on somebody. I don't want to be like Egypt. That's right. I, I, I want to transform. I want to think different. And so I watch my intake. There are things we don't watch go to certain movies. There are countless movies that I would love to go see. But I always, we always pop up this thing called Kids in Mind. And I always look at it. And it rates um, language, nudity, and violence. And if it's too high on nudity, if it's too high on language, I don't go. I'm a grown man. I do what I want to do. But all I'm saying is, it's hard for me to love people if I begin to start thinking like Egypt. There are things that I don't do there are places I don't go right now I've got covenant eyes on my phone my staff has access to every email everything, they know every password that I have I'm not trying to hide and keep confidential if they read something they don't need to read I'll go tell them to your face I didn't like the way you did that, change that, do that, fix that, let's do that but there are no secret emails all content is, is you can see it all there are things that we don't do And it's not that you have to do that. I'm just telling you us. I want to make sure that I live the calling of God on my life. I have known pastors. I just met with a man that was ministering and going around and and doing ministry. Drunk all the time. And nobody knew. In in his hotel room, getting drunk, hard on his family, hard on his kids, but on the stage, nobody knew. Katie and I don't drink. We don't drink. That doesn't mean, well, what are you saying? Well, uh, well, what are you? Well, what are you? (laughs) Jesus drank. I I mean, I don't want to tell you about that. I mean. uh, Well, was it fermented or not? All all I can tell you is Jesus said, y'all were mad at John because he didn't drink, and then you were mad at me because I do drink. There's no way to please your religious people. All I'm telling you for us is this is what we do. Does that make sense? As we grow, we got to make sure that Egypt isn't in us. Because I want, I want to be, I want Katie, I want people to look at our family. I want people to look at our life. And I want them to go, what is different about them? Why are they so life-giving? What is so, I've never seen them, I don't want to be like Egypt. I want to be different. Does that make sense? I want to be different. Listen to this next thing. Notice what the woman doesn't say. The woman does not say this. Dad, this Egyptian came and killed everybody. I find that interesting because Moses had just killed someone, but on the next transaction of dealing with people, he didn't kill anybody. What did he learn? Hey, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to fulfill the calling of God on my life if I kill everybody. Maybe I'm not going to be everything that God called me to be if I am killing everyone who does an injustice. And so Moses had to change. Does that make sense? And some of us, if we're going to gain momentum and go into this next year, we're going to have to do it different than the way we did it in 2017. We're going to have to change. Come on, somebody. We're going to have to do it different. Moses didn't kill anybody. The, in, the situations were the same. Here's the bully at the well scaring off the women. Here's the bully who's telling, make more bricks. The situation was the same. Moses had changed. Come on. You can know you're growing when things that used to send you crazy, now you're like, oh. Come on. You used to lose it And now you don't. Come on, one year in, Katie's late, I'm I'm, I'm red, sweating, mad, angry, personal. You hate me because you were late. You hate me. Now I realize if she's late, there are four kids, there are shots, there's medicine, there's other people in our life besides just me. And maybe I don't know everything. Come on. When we were first married, if she didn't answer my text, it was per you, you, is this a sign? Now I realize phones die. And that's another sermon. There are three thoughts. That we must believe when life gets messy. Three thoughts that we have to believe when life gets messy. And I'm going to end. First is this. There can still be good days after failure. There can still be good days after failure. Moses blew it blew it but there can still be a good day after failure come on you're not done God has a plan for your life there is something that God wants to call and stir in you and you may find yourself by a well but what I want you to see is you're not done it's not over there can still be good days after failure the second thing is this our fears don't have to hold back our future why did Moses run? Moses was fleeing and running because he was scared of what would happen to him. And maybe we have a scared, a scared, I don't want to change. If I change my marriage, if I change, the, if I give God my heart, if I totally get all in, if I come to the altar and begin to pray with my family, if I, if I really take this next step, what will be there? Victory. Victory. See, we all have to have the courage to do what God has called us to do. And there is no consistent faith walk without courage. Moses had to get some courage. You're going to run from your calling, but here's what you don't understand. Chapter 3 and chapter 4, you'll be back. You'll be back. That leads me to my third point. Is there's nowhere you can run that God isn't there. There's nowhere you can run. I'm I'm done with these people. I'm done with this burden. I'm just going to run. I'm going to go to Midian. Sure, God. You know what's interesting to me? As Moses is running as fast as he can. It's still in Moses. Moses. It was still there. He didn't know what to call it. And maybe some of you, something is still in here. It's still in here. Ministries, touching, doing, helping people, helping moms, whatever it is. There's something in here in you. And all I've got to say is this. Isn't it interesting that Moses still had it in him to stand up? Moses still had it in him to serve. And Moses still had it in him to save. Even on the run. No one made Moses do that. It was in him. I'm going to stand up. You guys are not going to take care. Let me tell you something. Say hello to my little friend. Moses. Today. Jesus wants to change your mess. If you'll let him. If you'll let him. You can't go into 2018 being discouraged, being broken and condemned of your past. God wants to do something in you. And I believe as we start this new year, there's somebody here that needs to say, you know what? I have been around all the right things, but I'm still thinking like Egypt. And I need God to renew my mind. And while holiness comes through the blood of Jesus, as we become clean, God's able to move through us. The goal is here, right where we're at. The message in the mess is this. When you're at your lowest point, Jesus can come in and say, I've got this. I've got this. Come on, I want to pray with you. Just stay seated right where you're at. Father, right now we invite your presence into this place. Father, who is it that has the secret mess? Who is it that nobody really knows what's going on? Father, this church was not established so that Katie and I could be liked. God, this church was established so we could see breakthrough in people and people go to another level. And God, I pray that you would bring them to the moment where you get to have their mess. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you feel free to let us know on the connect tab of the house church app we hope you have a great week